Welcome to The Drop. My name is Danny Johnson. And on the show this week, I had an interview scheduled with Brazilian surf journalist Steve Elaine. And unfortunately, it fell through. Steve wrote a story titled, Are Brazilian Champions Detrimental to the WSL? And that was Steve's title. And it's a little provocative, especially for people who didn't actually read the article and just saw the headline on our promotion on Instagram. And it started a firestorm of reactions. Many a Brazilian pro surfer was writing lengthy comments on that Instagram post. And I plan to talk to Steve about his story and also the reaction, but right as the story was erupting, Steve actually started suffering from COVID, which is part of the reason I wasn't able to interview Steve on the show this week. So today we are without an interview. It is solely the news section with the big dick power surfer, Stabs editor, Mr. Brandon Buckley. And we'll be back next week with more bark, but also more interviews. Hey, I just watched an early app of Van Stab High presented by Monster Energy. I didn't actually know you were a judge on the show. Oh, yeah, judge, big time. Yeah. I'll judge everything. <laughs> so when we talked about it last week, you didn't mention that, but you're, because I didn't know much about it, but I saw a, a preview episode and you're there with Nate Fletcher, Mikey Feb, Mikey C. And what's the, what's the last judge's name? Inara. Inara. Where's she from? She is from the Basque country of Spain. But yeah, we were the uh, the judicial branch, man, overseeing it all. How did that feel when you were hanging out during the day with all the surfers, and then and that and they knew that you were you were judging them by night? It was pretty interesting because it felt like such a just normal surf trip. You know, it was almost when you'd go into these little judging periods, you'd kind of like snap back into the fact that it's like a big contest and there's a lot of money on the line and it means a lot to a lot of people. Like it didn't pretty much, it, it would just go through these periods where you, there'd be these reminders of that, that were really interesting. Cause other than that, it was just like, Oh, everybody's having fun and it's a surf trip and it's cool. And then there'd just be something like that that just immediately made it serious. And you're like, Oh shit. Yeah, this is real. Mr. John John Florence is, we talked about this before, but John John is back in the water and he released a little Olympic kind of, how you doing, little posted photo of of him in Japan and said, hey, yo, Olympics, I'm coming for you, more or less. (laughs) The Olympics hype will just never end. I mean, it will end eventually once the event starts and and we all tune out because it ends up being in horrendous waves and is totally boring, but... Um, yeah, it's, it's the endless, endless weekly little bits of news all about, the, all about the Olympics. We're just obsessed at this point. I know. My question is, do you care? No, not at all. It's, I mean, it's so <laughs> hard to care. Like, it's just going to be another – I keep calling it the Olympics QS because it's just going to be another event with all the same people that we, we're used to seeing, maybe a couple of extras here and there and then really bad waves. And I think it's only even slightly interesting and the only reason we're talking about it now is because it's the first one. But, yeah, it's uh, – do you care? Um, it's hard. I mean, I don't – I'm not going to, like, cry when somebody wins a gold medal, you know? I, I don't, like <laughs> – who knows if we're even going to be able to watch it. Like, it's, it's going to be pretty hard to watch, I think. It's going to depend on where you're at and mm. – what the broadcasting, whoever has the broadcasting rights in your nation, what they decide to air of it, you know, like oh, it's, yeah. it's going to be tricky to watch. I didn't so even think about like, that. We can't just log into worldsurfleague.com and, and watch heats on demands either. It's, it'll just happen and you'd be really, really lucky to catch any of those moments. Highlights yeah, are best. I'm going to do, 
I'm going to do a dive into this and put it into a story for next week. But I do know the basics for now. And that's that there's basically a thing called the Olympic Broadcasting I don't, Network. OB, I think it's OBS, Olympic Broadcasting something. Yeah, that's the official name is uh, <laughs> Olympic Broadcasting something. <laughs> that's what they go by. Uh, but they're the, they're the production team that does it all. And basically you just, you know, in the U S it's NBC, NBC is going to buy the rights to get whatever they want to run of it, but they offer this like buffet. So it's basically whenever the people at NBC want to slot it in. So it's going to be weird. Like who knows how much we're going to see. And the ISA, I think they were playing, like they tried to do a stream like surf fans are used to, you know, so that we could still tune in and watch like live, like we always do. That got denied. Hmm. They're even limited to what they can post from it. Like they could just post photos. They can't even post clips. Wow. I think the athletes will have a lot more freedom. So if somebody does that, you know, <laughs> that one foot air reverse that we're all expecting, there's a chance we'll see it, uh, you know, go live on the gram. But I think even the ISA is super limited into what they as to what they can actually share from it, which is it's wild. It's going to be yeah. weird. It seems like but a even, bummer right now, but chances are we, we won't be missing much, I'm sure results will be enough. Yeah, I think so. And the best way I like can summarize how I feel about it is even if the waves are like average, if I had like a window to surf and it was either go surfing or watch, like maybe the gold medal would be different, but like, especially the early rounds, if it was like surf or watch the Olympics. It's not even a question for me. Like, yeah. 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 I, I would be in the water. The only way I can describe my feeling about the Olympics is the movie Cool Runnings because we're just going to see the same yeah. people that we always see in, in, like I said before, in worse conditions. And if they, if they loosened up the selection criteria and let people in from a bunch of different countries, even landlocked countries, like imagine surfers from Nepal or something like that showing up and having those Eric the Eel moments where someone can't, can barely swim, is sort of drowning and then, you know, I don't know, John John just whizzes past and, and does a big hack next to them. And those type of moments might be slightly interesting, but just is, are, there any, are there any names in there that are, uh, are surprises? I think the most interesting one on paper is Leon, I don't know how to say his last name, Leon Glatzer, I think. Uh, he's surfing for Germany, mm. but he did grow up in Costa Rica surfing Pavones, so he, he's going to be able to swim. I don't think he'll drown. Um, he might, but I don't think he will. I think it's more likely he'll do the one foot air reverse we're talking about. Well, that's unfortunate. But, uh, yeah, I think he's the most interesting one, but with like the format in the, like they're doing a first round and that thing is four person heats. And then the second round, like the first elimination round will be five person heats. So I think that's really to your point to like, if you had people that can't swim, et cetera, in there, that would really be great. The five person heat with like, you know, John, John, you could assume will probably win his first seat, but like a couple of people who can't swim, somebody doing really well, that would be awesome. Cause that would be surfing. I mean, that's probably what I'm going to go experience when I end this call and go surf out front. It's going to be people doing airs and it's going to be people who can't swim trying to push a surfboard through a two foot wave. And so that would be a good representation of our sport. Hey, John, John's taking this thing really seriously though. He just put out that clip and he's in, He's, he's, he's relocated to Surfside, which is the shitty beach break north of Huntington. And he's got his full entourage with him. He's got his brother Ivan, coach Ross Williams. He's got Olympic head coach Brett, Will, Brett Simpson, who you spoke to recently. He's got his wife there and his mom. So it seems like even though he's, he was on the fritz with his injury, that 
he's he's back and he's taking it pretty serious. I wonder what an Olympic win would mean to him financially. We've poked around this a bit and seen like what it does for athletes in other sports. We ran a piece with uh, an Olympic gold medalist named Connor Fields who won in BMX, I think in 2016, just to kind of get a feel for that because a surfer is going to experience that very soon. Um, but I just wonder who on John John's board would be dolling out a massive amount of money to see him. Well, he's a small business owner, so maybe he's thinking about Florence Marine X and, and trying to just get promotion for it. But he won't have a sticker on his oh, board. Yeah. He can't. What about his hooded rash, rashy? Can he wear that? No? Ooh, that's a good one. That's actually a good one. Yeah, I think he'd be able to, but the branding would have to be minimal. Hmm. Although with that, it's just the branding is the hooded rashy. Yeah. Which... Are you seeing more of those around? Because I feel like they, I feel like it's working. I'm seeing more and more in the flesh. No, I haven't seen any, but maybe they haven't made it to Australia yet. I'm not sure. I got to be honest. I don't fucking get it. Like (laughs) how much is a little hood really protecting your face from the sun? Like it's not like you're shading your whole face out. But it's the the neck. I mean, I guess rashies generally are skivvy-like and that they have some good neck coverage, but... Yeah, I don't know. Does your, does your neck get fried? Is this such an inconvenience for you to just put some sunscreen on your neck? Is this I a think, thing? I is think like you write the smartest man in surfing for protecting <laughs> his? Like, what's going on? Well, I don't know. I don't want to get around looking like a turkey when I'm, you know, 55. So uh, I'm, I'm into the neck protection. You know, Wu Tang. The best protect your neck, protect your neck, protect your neck. Yeah, but who's looking? When you're 55, who's going to look at your neck? You think you're going to just go around public people and be like, hey, look at Danny's neck. Like, it's, I get the face, but like, what's, I don't care about my neck. You've never noticed when people have that loose, like, jowls, like that skin that's just, uh, I don't know. I look at necks. You neck guy. Neck guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any other John John Olympic chat? You think he's on steroids? Like, how did he recover so quick? Uh, definitely on steroids. Um, definitely the whole gamut of performance enhancers. I think all surfers are. I think that should be looked into. I think weed should be looked into as a performance enhancing drug. Um, and everybody should go to jail. I, I feel like with John John's injury that people were saying that at the same time that they had no idea what the injury was, but they were also saying that they can't believe that he came back so quickly from that injury. Is there some something weird going on where there where people are baffled, but they don't know why they're baffled? I really don't know. I've been lucky enough to never really like damage my knee too badly other than like, you know, maybe you're off for a few weeks, but you're still surfing. And so people that have gone through that seem to know a lot more about knee injuries just after having gone through the process. I guess we know that it was his ACL and we know that he got surgery, but we don't know anything else. And Mm. so... People that are, I know you're a neck guy, but knee guys out there, they seem to think there's a lot of weirdness there. Oh, that's only the half of it. We just posted a story on Premium yesterday about the potential of the Olympics moving to a wave pool because the other massive thing that happened this week is the release of a new pool in Japan. Mm -hmm. Um, Did you happen to see that? Yeah. You know what? This rarely happens where I'm with a whole bunch of people and everyone is like unanimously excited. But we actually saw that all that. I don't think you were in the meeting, but there was a bunch of us in a meeting in stab offices in the US and Australia. And and we all saw that footage for the first time in that meeting and everyone was losing it. Everyone was completely 
blown away at that air section and then the airs. Yeah, yeah. Evan Geiselman, it was like a minute long edit that I saw, but it's incredible. Mm. That is easily the best air section in a pool yet. Can we say that hands down? You see how much pop it lets you yeah. get? It's incredible. I'd say it's I'd say it's the best by far. Like, it's also the first time anyone's ever debuted a pool with a left. Is that so? I ooh, think so, yeah. Ooh, goofy foot conspiracies here. I like this. <laughs> yeah. The pop that he's able to get on that thing, it just sends you to the moon. It's incredible. This is a very, very fraction of a chance of being used as the Olympic pool. Uh, an Olympic surf spot, sorry, if the ocean goes flat. or it, what, Where do we stand on that? What we've do we got know? a deep, we've got a deeper thing going into that. I think the Cuss podcast is going to drop in the in the next day or two, and they have a conversation with the American Wave Machines, somebody from there that knows a bit more and may have been in touch with somebody at the Olympics. So right now, I don't have that knowledge, but I know it's coming out soon on one of our platforms. All right. Well, can't wait to hear about that because I take back everything that I previously said about the Olympics if it's in that pool. One thing that I trip out on is like, just when you think about these pool reveals, you have in 2015, Adriano won the world title. Nope, that didn't happen. Kelly dropped his pool. You know what I mean? Like that (laughs) happened. And then you had the Founders Cup didn't happen because Seth Moniz landed that flip in Waco. And Mm -hmm. now you have this dropping like 10 days before the Olympics. And yeah. so it seems like these people know when they're sitting on something and just are really strategic about uh, when they show it to the world. I like it. I like really like raining on someone's parade. It's all about that in the wave pool world, I guess. <laughs> raining on the ocean's parade. <laughs> Fuck <Yeah>. wind. <laughs> um, and I guess the other thing to note about that pool is Stab's, everyone at Stab's already talking about the next stab high event uh, and and how can we get there as soon as possible? I mean, come on, Japan. If you're going to let like a thousand Olympians in, let just maybe a hundred degenerates of us in too. <laughs> it's fine. Oh, that's only the half of it. Pretty tough week for LA. Um, there was the death of an iconic shaper, Rich Harbour. And in the same week, there was a sewage spill, which released 17 million gallons of sewage into Eric Lugan's favorite lineup. So, wow. Yeah. He'd be fine, though, I guess, supping over it. Oh, yeah. He's, he's fine. How does everyone else feel about it? 17 million gallons of sewage going into your lineup is, I think, fairly surprising. Yeah. That's so devastating. And what happened? Who's to blame? And, and how did it? How did it all go down? My understanding is that there was a problem at a facility meant to control it. And it was, it was a controlled release. Like they have systems in place in case something goes wrong and something went wrong. And they're like, well, we're going to just put a bunch of shit into a river that's going to flow into the ocean now. And everybody's like, yeah, sweet. Has there been like a lot of outrage from all the local surfers? What's the response been like? I haven't seen any outrage I'm sure there's some of that going on, but my assumption is that the response would be just some cowboys still getting out there and surfing the shit water. Um, I think that's kind of the go-to. This may be the New Jersey in me, but I think the go-to response when there's a sewage spill or anything disgusting happening in the water is you say, oh, well, there's going to be less people out. And so you 
just go and you hope that you don't get some weird viral infection and die. Yeah, wow. That would not be me. I think you'd be fine if you had a hooded rash guard on. Like, there's no <laughs> way you get sick with that. Oh, that's only the half of it. Hey, what about the HBO 100 foot wave? Ooh, ooh. I didn't actually watch that trailer yet. Did you get in? Yeah, I had a quick look. I mean, I, I see the HBO logo and I jump on anything. And to be honest, I actually thought they did a really good job because. Anything that's for a mainstream audience that involves surfing is normally completely butchered and everything's – all the most cliche sport parts of our sport are completely overplayed and it's it's really corny. But this one, and no doubt it was because it was HBO were behind it, seemed pretty watchable. And I think while it might not be something that excites surfers, I feel like they'll do it in such a, a classic and sexy way that HBO always does. So – I was excited to see someone jump in the ring that that wasn't just going to make some another insufferable attempt at you know conveying surf culture. That's really cool. Who does it feature? So it's it's all centered around Garrett McNamara, who um, and it's obviously all in um, Nazare. Nazare as a wave, I've heard a lot of criticisms from the from the big wave community just because it's it's a bit flat. It's not it's not certainly not a slab, and and you shoot it from that front on angle and you use a bit of foreshortening with the telephoto lens, and it looks right up against the cliff. And it's this visual spectacle. But when you if you look at it side on, it's not this steep wave. Not to say it's not gnarly, but it's especially when you get breaking down the science of measuring waves, then the steepness of the wave is definitely a factor. Yeah, that's interesting. I actually had, so on Monday on Stab Premium, we are releasing Albie Lair's new movie featuring him and a bunch of other Maui guys called Rainbows in the Rear View. And there's some really good big wave stuff in there along with, you know, all the errors you come to expect and some that you wouldn't expect, like a tail grab. <laughs> but... uh so we're really, we're releasing that on Monday and then either Tuesday or Wednesday next week, we're going to release an interview with Albie that I did just earlier this week. And we talked about big waves and I asked him how he feels about that, how he feels about like this kind of quest for just riding the tallest wave. And because people are critical of that and because he's never afraid to be critical, I kind of expected him to go off on it. And he's like, no, nah, man, I think it's cool. Like I would... The way I think he's pretty much said that like he has so much respect for them because it's just so gnarly. He's like, I want nothing to fucking do with that. Like I'll just surf jaws and try to get barreled. But like in terms of like what they do and trying to surf that wave, he's like, I think it's so gnarly and I want nothing to do with it. And that's kind of a, something I've heard from a lot of big wave guys, especially like the more performance, like like getting barrel big wave guys. It's just like, hey, like that is just a different weird level. I don't like that. I don't want to go near it. That thing is spooky. It's weird. It feels like it wants to kill you. Fucking have at it, Garrett. <laughs> That's so disappointing that Albie has softened in as he's gotten older. I, I, I miss the opinionated Albie. Yeah, yeah. I, I still got him revved up on a couple of things. Don't worry. He's got some opinions All in right. there still. So. All right. That's good. Yeah. So it'll be good next week. All right. So Albie's movie's out next week on Stab Premium. It is. Yep. Movie and interview. And you've seen, you've seen the movie? Oh yeah. And, yeah, and and what did you tease just before a tail grab? A tail grab is in there. Yep. Is that a, is that an NBD? 
I think so. I mean, I haven't seen anybody else do one. Have you? No. It's it just it's not it's never been that functional in obviously in in, in skateboarding it's it's everywhere and it's it's normal but just the length of a surfboard has meant that it's never been that functional a move on a surfboard and also the tails are tricky area to grab because you've got you know you've got a tail pad as well as a a fin right there if you're riding a thruster so I'll be interested to see if it if it looks gimmicky or functional. Yeah, yeah. Funnily, I think he said that like there is a clip from when he's trying it that they're going to use as a, you know, they're creating social assets for the different sponsors of the movie. And apparently there's a clip where like he does just really grab his pad, like he's going for it, but he ends up just grabbing his pad. And so they gave that to DeKine because <laughs> it just is like so folded on it. So that's pretty funny. Man, I would not be trying to tail grab if I, if I had glass in fins. Remember how sharp glass in fins used to be? They'd, oh yeah, they'd come back from a. You'd get a brand new one. It'd come back from the sander, just like like knife edge. Um, you know, sli- missing missing the tail and grabbing your fin and severing your fingers could be could be a dangerous dangerous maneuver. Yeah, I remember what was that company called Protech or something? I don't know if they'd hit you guys in the Australian mags, but in the US mags, every every issue there'd be like one of those almost like postage stamp ads that's just like takes that little sliver they paid however much to get there and it'd just be somebody with the most fucked up face after getting hit with a fin just like in a story about that like a or like a blurb about like how they just smashed their face open with a fin and then just like buy these rubber oh, that's only the half of it. all right mr buck any other any other news i'd say that's it for this week we'll see what uh what kind of dumb shit happens next week that we could <laughs> <laughs> pertains to the Olympics because I'm sure it's coming. All right. Well, we'll definitely be talking about the Olympics again. We can't get enough. We can't get enough. Go for gold, Tokyo. And that's all we have for this week. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Their dream was to compete in the Olympics. But they chose a sport they knew nothing about. Great. Very good.